I guess the first thing I'd, I'd want to say is it's actually quite inspiring coming along. Um, we come along every sort of six, seven, eight weeks, roughly, just to sort of be a part of what you guys are doing a little bit. Um, and we're having a very similar sort of discussions about what you guys are doing here back in, in Rochester, where we live. So I'm part of Cornerstone. Um, this is my wife, Michelle, Jack, who's playing a game on his phone. And Lamar and Amy are around as well. Uh, um, you're going to need note, notepads and pens this morning, if that's all right. I'm, am I not loud enough? Right, OK. No, normally I'm told to be quiet. That's good. Um, so if you've got pens and paper today, we're actually going to do a bit of, sort of discussion together in groups on tables, if that's all right. Um, and we're going to look at the first church. So it's great what your introduction this morning, Gordon, was kind of quite helpful. Um, and hopefully I'm not going to put too many spokes in that. But I'm going to, we're going to look at the first church, really, and then look at how we apply that to ourselves, if that's okay. I've got a list of about 15, 16 things on here. Um, but I don't want to just give them to you and tell, tell you what they are. Um, it'd be great if we can explore that as a church, if that's okay. So we're going to look at part of Acts 2 this morning. That's all right. Everyone got Bibles, hopefully. What I'll do, I'll read it out where you're looking for Acts 2 in your Bibles. And then I'll give you a set of instructions, if that's okay. Right, so it says, Acts 2, verse 42, says this. So this is right after Pentecost. So the Holy Spirit's come. Um, and then it gives a little bit about what that first initial church looked like. And it says this. It says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and the breaking of bread and to prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. And they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favour with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Sounds pretty exciting, doesn't it? Very exciting. What I love to do in little groups, so I've got a list here about I think I've got about 16 points, um, which is way too many for a morning. Um, what I'd like you to do is look for what, we do, what I've just read, and I'd like you to pick out those things that you feel the church was doing then. So what were they doing? Were they praying, for example? Were they reading the Word? Were they getting together? All those sorts of things. Those things that you think are important within that is in terms of how they were behaving, what their lifestyle looked like. Um, and they're just discussing the groups, write it down, and then we'll come together in five minutes, if that's all right. And we'll sort of feedback and see where we get to. Everyone need Bible? Acts 2, 42, 47? Anyone else need Bible? Put your hands up. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? Not too croaky. <laughs> so the guys on that side, they have the, like the sound from the thing that travels up and just projects. This side's fine, right, fine, but I've noticed it's sitting there. It's like we can hear it. 
yeah, that's yeah. not used. No, that's alright. I can pick One day out. I'm going to ask if we can just get a little amp and not like a big speaker, but like a little, just for an ear. Yeah. You're laughing. Yeah. Sorry? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, 46, 47, 48, 49, 50, 51, 52, 53, 54, 55, 56, 57, 58, 59, 60, 61, and then there's one or two others that have come yeah. local. That's what I do. He goes to Cornstone, doesn't he? He's Joe Paulak's mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Matt. Matt. Yeah. 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 Other than that, everyone else is pretty local. Anthony and Sarah are. I know them from Medway, Ryan and Sarah. Yeah. My sister from Nottingham, sister in law. Okay. Man from the running club. Excuse. How you getting on, boys? Well, can find Got a Well done. Very good. You're not joining in. Come on, put your phone away, Amy. Oh, okay. See if you can write some things down. Very good. Yeah. You guys getting on? Very good. No, it's not bad actually. I've got kids, so I can be used to bad writing. Brilliant. Thank you. How are we getting on? Are we getting there? Shall I give you another minute and then we'll, uh, we'll come back together? So, write down quick. We've all got a few things. Unbelievable. Brilliant. Lovely. I'll give you another minute, alright. One one minute. Yeah. <laughs> you hurry up there. Nice to see you. you write down a few things that, that that first church were doing. What do you think was critical and important within that? 
there's loads in there, just write down a few that you pick out. And then we'll, ones we miss, I'll try and cover off. When do I need to stop by, by the way? Um, just after 11, right past 11. Oh, okay. I'll have to be quick then. All right. What you can do is just say, just say, because the room is so good, just get two or three shout-outs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I will do. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. I'll give you the notes and you can send them around anyway, because it's all listed on there, so. Thanks, mate. All right. 30 seconds. Right, should we come back together? If you could finish up your discussions, if that's alright. How many did we get? 13? Very good. <laughs> Took me like half a day to get up my, my 16, so you did very well. 14 in about 30 seconds. <laughs> 44? Yeah. Oh, so and how did, get, how did you get out of fifteen? Wow! Clearly, I wasn't tr- clearly I wasn't trying hard enough for not putting together. It's not a competition, you know. Brilliant. So, part of the reason I got you to write it down is because you remember it better. So, when we talk to our kids about homework and revision things like that, we always say, "Can you write stuff down?" Don't just read information because your brain is wired to remember better when you physically do something. Um, so part of the reason of writing it out was it'll help you remember later on. Um, and hopefully it'll help you. So there we go. So we'll have one from each table and then what we haven't got I'll kind of read out. Should we do that? Yeah, who wants to go first? As you've got, as you've got what, 105 what there is. Devoted to teaching, very good, yeah. Next one. Fellowship. Fellowship, brilliant. Any others? Yeah. Communion. Communion, yeah, really important. Anybody else want to shout out anything? Prayer. Prayer, yeah. Selling possessions. Selling possessions. So sharing with each other, yeah. Boys, have you got anything? Sorry, go on. Wonders and signs, yeah, very important. They went to church together. Yeah, that's in there as well, definitely, brilliant. Girls, have you got anything? On the spot. 
You were confu confused? All right, okay. At the back, I imagine you've got a list of about 100 things over there. It's all covered? Right, okay. Um, there's, there's loads in there, as, as some of you have found out as you've gone through. There's absolutely loads. Um, I mean, if I go for my list, um, the first thing on there is they were devoted. I mean, properly devoted in ways that, we, that I personally aspire to. Um, and devotion means obviously to be committed to be devoted, to be dedicated to a task or a cause. And in this case, obviously, it's to God, to the teaching, um, and to furthering the gospel. Um, they gave themselves fully to teaching, as someone's already said, um, and that's actually taught at that time by the disciples, the apostles. They gave themselves fully to each other, and what's that? that's a big statement in itself, isn't it? Um, to fellowship and to keep to community together, doing life together. Communion was was a huge thing, and it says they did that daily. We do communion what once a month, once a week at best. <laughs> <did> last week. <laughs> um, so they daily reminded themselves of why they were doing what they were doing. Remind themselves of, of Christ and the cross and, and the sacrifice that had been made for them. They're really important for them. And it says they prayed daily as well. Not just on their own, but in communion with each other. It says they were actually together daily. That's quite hard for us to grasp these days. We struggle to do Sunday and midweek, don't we, quite often. Um, but they were physically together. And it's that they had commonality of heart. They're all things in common. That's not just spiritual, although it was. It was also physical as well. And commonality of cause, as in the gospel. They looked after each other. They sold stuff. They gave away possessions. They gave time to look after each other. Um, and they were generous. It says they, they looked after each other generously and gladly. As I said, they met daily. Church wasn't just a Sunday or midweek meeting. It was an everyday event for them. And whatever way that looked like, I'm not saying that was necessarily a service every day, it probably wasn't, but they knew the, the importance of togetherness um, on a daily basis. They understood the need to be with each other around fellow believers all the time, as regularly as possible. It says they were joy-filled, glad of heart. It says they worshipped, praised God, every day and they had unity they were, they were of one mind their unity which is obviously if you think of what precedes that part of the Bible that's brought about by the Holy Spirit common, common, their common language for the first time in a long time not hear me and so just before that bit of passage we read about Pentecost Holy Spirit coming and that's the first time since Genesis 11 where there was common to, common What's the right word? They had common language. So Genesis 11, Tower of Babel, they're all divided by language. And this is the first time since that point where, if you read about Pentecost, speaking in tongues, everyone heard the gospel in their own language. Um, there's a real, real, I won't go into that, but there's a real thing there. Um, and one of the huge things for me is they were all in awe. It says every soul was in awe of God. That's in... Uh, it doesn't matter, I can't see it. 43, good. I mean, what's that, what does that look like? Every soul, man, woman, children, were in awe of who God was and what God was doing. And that has a profound 
effect. So the results of those things, or doing all those things, is that signs and wonders happen. Quite often we, we look for signs and wonders, we pray for signs and wonders, and we must do that, that's really important. But we don't think about what we need to do in order to help facilitate those things happening and allowing the Holy Spirit to move amongst us. And I kind of think how we are as a church enables the God to move in ways that we can only imagine at this moment. Um, interestingly, it's only the apostles that were performing signs and wonders. Don't know why that is. Maybe that, and that changes later, obviously. But at that time, it was the apostles doing most of that crazy stuff. It says they had favour with everyone that they met. So if they preaching or whatever, they had favour with people. And people got saved every day. So the, the effect of their lifestyle was awe, was signs and wonders, um, was favour, and people were coming to Christ on a daily basis. And it wasn't ones and twos, it was, it was hundreds and hundreds, thousands even on the first day. So a few points to consider. Um, it's 11 o'clock already. God was able to move and miracles were able to happen and people could have an encounter with God because of the lifestyle and togetherness of that church at that time. Because they were so together and so united together, God was able to do what he wanted to do. It says they were devoted people. So they were devoted to God, which is our up. You know about up in and out? Everyone knows about up in and out? Yeah. So they were devoted to God, which is up to each other, which is in, and to the gospel, which is out. Very good. Tell it's gorgeous, church. And it was driven by all, not just by the leaders and the apostles. It was driven by everyone. Everyone did it together. There was real commonality amongst them, um, which is why your introduction was so good, because you talked about it needs to be everyone. It was the devotion of the people that created the environment it wasn't the responsibility of the few. Although the apostles took the lead, um, it certainly, certainly seems like with signs and wonders, it was everyone who, who drove that. It wasn't just the few. It's not possible without the unity of the Holy Spirit. That's really, really important. And if you read nothing else from this today, unity of the Holy Spirit is so pivotal. Um, you can't have true unity without the Holy Spirit, I don't think. <laughs> And that, the outpouring of the Spirit at Pentecost was the catalyst for everything else happening afterwards. Um, so that's really, really important. If you get nothing else out today, you remember that. So did many come to God because of signs and wonders? Possibly. Was it because of great preaching of the Gospel? Possibly. They both help and undoubtedly make a massive difference. But it seems to me when I read that, that the biggest impact was the lifestyle and who the people were. It was everyone. They created a community that was so different to their society around them um, that everything else was facilitated because of that. Um, And quite often we go looking for the result without putting into practice enough. We We all pray, we all worship, we all meet together. Um, but quite often we don't we're not intentionally enough trying to do that um, and it diminishes what God can do I think at times we obviously live in a, a very different church culturally 
today. Um, a different world, sorry, culturally today. Very different to how they were then in terms of meeting together and things like that. So some aspects of that early church are difficult for us to replicate. So meeting together daily is quite hard. We all have jobs we have to do and things like that and mortgages to pay for. Um, but the risk of not striving for a model like that, like we read in Acts 2, is that we end up creating a church that's moulded to its surrounding culture rather than to the culture that God would have. And it then, by doing so, diminishes the impact on the culture that we're trying to impact. Um, does that make sense? Good. I wasn't sure when I wrote it out. I don't know about you, but I'd want to be more... When I read Acts 2, I think, I'd love, I'd love that. Just, I see bits now, and you read about stories in other parts of the world where God's doing amazing stuff, and I want that in Rochester and Medway where I live, and I'm sure you guys want it here in Sittingbourne as well. Um, and the reality is, just, we're not quite there yet. We're striving for it, but we're not quite there yet. Um, so it's about doing life daily together, doing the same things that those early pioneers did. It's a challenge, definitely, especially in our culture now. But it's something we must strive for, I think. Uh, we're talking about it quite a lot back in Rochester, partly inspired by you guys, to be honest. And hugely inspired by you guys, if I'm entirely honest. Um, so I'm part of a Cornerstone, if you don't know Cornerstone, it's a church of about 300-ish people. It's quite a big church. Um, and we're talking about creating a smaller community within the Rochester part of Medway, where we live. Um, and we're gathering a core team together at the moment to try and replicate and do what we read in Acts 2, um, but under the, the oversight of Cornerstone as a, um, as a church, which is quite exciting. So I'm quite passionate about this stuff at the moment, so hopefully it's, hopefully it's coming across. So when we look back at those observations, so you've all, you've all got your lists, hopefully, and hopefully you'll go away and you'll add to that list um, as well. What areas do you feel that you individually or you corporately as Hope Church feel you're strong in? And are there areas you think when you read, actually, that's something I need to perhaps focus on or look at on, or figure out new ways of doing, whether it's multiplication, as Gordon was talking about? Or what, what does it look like? And one thing I'll say is do it yourself. Get on with it. Don't wait for Gordon to say, right, we're going to do this. We need leaders and, and focal people to help push us. Just as in the early church, they had the apostles to do that, and they were doing amazing stuff. I mean, doing signs and wonders every day. I'm not sure Gordon's doing that quite yet. Um, but don't, I mean, leaders can be great inspiration, but don't wait for the leaders to tell you what you should do. Read it in Acts 2 and, and get on with it. Whether that's just meeting up someone for a cup of tea, but try and be in fellowship as much as possible. Community is really important. If you want to be effective out there, you need to create an amazing community in here as well. Um, people need to see what's precious about the fellowship of Christ. They really do. It's really important. And also your own personal walk with God. Grab hold of it every day. That means reading the Bible. They devote themselves to the teaching. It means praying. It means doing communion regularly. We don't need communion enough at home. Do it in your families. Um, which is something we don't do very well. So this is a challenge to me as much as it is to anybody else. If we want to see God move in ways that we read about in the early church, then we need to try and model our lives and our lifestyles to what we read about the early church as much as we can. But unity, as I said earlier, is absolutely key. 
And unity only truly happens when we're all equally devoted to following Christ. Um, there's a lot of things out there that will sway you different ways. Unless we're in absolute unity as to why we're here, what we're doing, then you're always going to diminish what God can do. So think about that. And unity, as I said earlier, comes from the Holy Spirit. Unity comes from the Holy Spirit. So pursue that with all you have. It will bring a togetherness of purpose, so I will put it, and allows the gospel to flourish without having to be an evangelist, for saying. A lot of us can't go out there, stand on the street corner and, and preach. But how you do life together preaches for you, um, gives you opportunities to talk about why you live like you do, why do you meet as often as you can, why do you sell your stuff, why do you give money, why do you give your time up, for each other and love each other the way you do in a world that does the opposite to that now um, if you do that right then it allows God, allows God to do gives you opportunity but it allows God to do amazing stuff and that's essentially it really I mean it's very short and packaged together um, but, but I think I'm um, kind of over six minutes over time already <laughs> but I hope that's helpful as you look to sort of grow and multiply and um, and look at ways to keep this sort of rawness that you have now, which is inspiring to me, um, into doing what you do. But don't wait for Gordon to tell you, or Natalie, or Adam, or anybody else. Just have a go yourself, talk to each other, love each other, pray with each other, do life together, and then see where God takes you. Is that all right?